For people with osteoporosis, the fear of breaking a bone is always with them, and it can have a big impact on their quality of life. I'm your host, Krista Lamb, and today on Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada, I'll be talking with Dr. Deborah Butt, who is a family doctor and a clinician scientist in the Department of Family and Community Medicine at the University of Toronto. Dr. Butt's work includes research into the risk of fractures, and we'll discuss what a broken bone means and what you should know. Welcome to the show, Dr. Butt. Well, thank you for inviting me to speak with you today. Well, first, let's talk about why people with osteoporosis are more at risk for a fracture, because I don't know that everybody understands that. Well, I agree. I think the, you know, the term osteoporosis is not universally understood by patients in general, but what it means is that it's a condition that is a chronic condition, which means it's been going on for a long period of time that affects the bone mass. So the patient will have a low bone mass with this condition. And what I often say when I see patients in my practice is when I describe that they have osteoporosis, I'll say, you know how a sponge is when you cut it and it's got like this kind of porous structure to it? That is how I would describe osteoporosis compared to, you know, a piece of wood, which is quite dense. So that's how your bones have changed over time. And I think it's really interesting because with osteoporosis, when someone has this condition and they fall, they may be more susceptible to getting a fracture or breaking a bone, but there's often this sense of it's my fault or it wouldn't have happened if there wasn't ice or they, so they blame the object or they blame themselves. And so when you're talking to your patients who have osteoporosis, what do you tell them about sort of that feeling that it's your fault? Well, that's a very good point because a lot of times when I ask the patient in history telling, when they tell me that they've had a fracture, I'll ask them, so how did it happen? And they said, oh, you know, it was my fault. I slipped or tripped or stumbled. And, you know, they often think because they tend to be older, that this is a natural thing that happens when you fall, that you're going to fracture in some way. And I explained to them that if you've fallen from, you know, a standing height and you weren't uh, forcibly pushed, it wasn't like you fell from like a, a higher distance. And it's an unexpected event that happened uh, that resulted in a fracture. There's most likely an underlying problem with your bone. So it's not something to expect. It's something that we need to investigate further because strong bones uh, don't break. And that's kind of a concept that it's like, oh, I, you know, I never really thought of it that way. So how we determine the history of how a patient ended up with that fracture, what was the mechanism of the fall? What were the circumstances of the fall? Like you mentioned, if they slipped outside, they still slipped outside from a standing distance. It was an unexpected event that they felt was part of the ice, but that doesn't mean that they should have fractured. And I think what you're telling me is, is really interesting. And why then is it important for the person not to blame themselves? Because I think oftentimes that's the instinct is to, this is my fault. I'm clumsy. I fell because of that. Well, it's important that the patient and the physician, when they have the opportunity in the office, and I usually do bring this up during their preventative health checks, to ask a simple question, like, have you fallen in the past year? Because if we don't ask the question, the patient may think that this is not an important thing to mention to their family doctor 
they may not even bring the fact that they've fallen more than once because they don't think it's important because they didn't suffer from an injury serious enough that resulted in seeking medical attention. But it's really important to ask, have you fallen in the last year? Because we know from evidence that if a patient has fallen in the last year, they're at a much higher risk of falling in the subsequent year. So just by having a fall in the previous year is a great way of predicting future falls. And if we can ask these questions and understand uh, what's happened with the patient, this is a way of reducing future falls and future injuries that may result in fractures. And that leads me into my next question, which is, do you have suggestions that you give to your patients with osteoporosis about ways that they might prevent falls? Oh, absolutely. I mean, as a family physician, there are things that we can do that can certainly help make changes to help prevent falls and fall injury like fractures, because there are certain risk factors that can place a patient at a higher risk of fall and fall related injuries, such as fractures. For example, a simple thing such as reviewing their medications. There may be medications that may place a patient at a higher risk of falls, such as, for example, if a patient were to complain in the office that they feel dizzy in changing positions, we may want to think about whether they have an underlying, what we call postural hypotension. And we know that antihypertensive drugs may be one of the main causes for this. So simply adjusting or modifying medications is something that we can do as a way of reducing a risk factor for falls. Another thing is that you might hear that a patient on their way to the washroom at night, they tripped and fell and they suffered an injury such as a fracture because they fell on their rug. And so one of the things that we can do as family physicians is refer them uh, for home safety assessment through uh, an occupational therapist. And again, you know, an occupational therapist can come to the home and make changes that can make it safer for a patient, such as, you know, removing those rugs that might be easy to trip on, to adjust with lighting in the home, introduced rails where needed. So again, these are things that we can modify in terms of risk factor. And another risk factor that we can certainly help advise about is with a patient has problems with balance uh, or with mobility. Because one of the things that are overlooked in primary care is simply the recommendation of exercise. And exercise can help improve mobility and improve balance. So, and we can do assessments in our office to assess for balance, such as a get up and go a test, which we time. So yeah, there are certain things that we can certainly help to modify to lessen uh, the risk of fractures. And those are great suggestions. And I guess it leads into my next question, which is if you do fall and you do fracture, what happens next? Do you have to go see an orthopedic surgeon? What happens after that? This is a good question because it's where the patient presents with the fracture that's important. So as a family physician, if a patient were to present with a major fracture, such as a hip fracture or vertebral fracture, 
well, let's talk about the hip fracture because that's an easier one to talk about. Or even a wrist fracture, you know, that required emergency care and subsequent care from an orthopedic surgeon. I would most likely hear about this uh, because I have an electronic medical record as part of the reports that I would receive on that patient. And that would alert me that this patient has had a fracture. But if let's say the patient went to the emergency department and was assessed for a fracture that didn't require uh, hospitalization, then I may not know about that until the patient brought that to my attention. So certainly as a family physician, we probably are made aware of the major uh, fractures that happen through the hospital admissions. And at that point, different hospitals may have different programs for further managing patients that are at high fracture risk. Because if you suffer a spine fracture or a hip fracture, or you know even another major fracture, not every hospital would have a fracture liaison uh, program in which they would initiate the treatment of a high fracture risk patient. So if that report that I get from the hospital has not indicated that this assessment of the high fracture risk patient has not been done, then I would call that patient in. But understandably, if a patient's had a hip fracture, I may not see them until they have completed their rehabilitation. And so there's a period of time in which there is a wait before, especially if they have not been initiated on the appropriate treatment until they can come into my office to be managed for a high fracture risk. This is something that I think um, is really important. And I wonder, so if I'm living with osteoporosis and I have a fall and maybe I don't fracture, is that something I should be talking to my family doctor about when I see them? Absolutely. Um, that is important. And the reason why it's important is because we can talk about ways to prevent future falls. And if we prevent future falls, we can prevent fracture because at least 90% of fractures are preceded by falls. So what family physicians do well is that they do prevention. They do it well. We do it for all types of conditions. Osteoporosis, high fracture risk patients, no different. So one of the things that I do, especially with my patients, because the patient may not tell you if they've fallen at home and they haven't suffered any injury, they may not tell you this when they come to see you because they didn't have an injury and time has gone by, they may just forget. So I typically have preventative health care checks, which patients will probably say, I'm going to my annual physical. And I will bring up things uh, to my patients as appropriate and ask a simple question, have you fallen in the past year? And let's say that this patient has not fallen. That's wonderful. But let's say that during that time, they talk about problems with balance, or they notice that they're not walking with the confidence that they've had before, or they're worried about falling. That would be an important time to introduce an intervention that will help them feel, improve their balance and improve or alleviate their fear of falling. And that would be appropriate to refer them to an exercise uh, program, an exercise professional, a physiotherapist. I know in my community, we have fall prevention programs. 
we have physiotherapists with special training in osteoporosis. So even if there is a hint of change in mobility, that is the time to refer to an appropriate exercise specialist to help with improvement of their balance, strength, and gait. And also to review that they're taking the appropriate supplementation to improve their bone health, such as the calcium, deriving the appropriate calcium from their diet. And if that's not appropriate, supplementing, you know, making sure they're on their vitamin uh, D3 according to recommended dosages. So it's always important to have that conversation. Now, if they have had a fall or more, we then should be looking at, again, how many falls have they had in the past year? Whether at this point, we need to do more of an investigation into what might be the cause of the fall in terms of whether it's cardiac or blood pressure related, or if it's related to a specific condition, but also in terms of intervention, review all those interventions that I've discussed, but also add other interventions to help prevent the future falls. And you know what? You can see from this conversation that falls is not a simple problem. It's multifaceted. And we do have multidiscipline programs that are targeted to the prevention of falls. In my community, we have a geriatric assessment clinic, uh, rehab facilities, uh, will have a falls prevention program, and you would utilize these services because there are a number of things that can affect falls. And when a patient is having more than one fall, that's the time to use them in order to prevent future fractures. And I can see how that would be really important in terms of exercise and medication. And it makes me wonder, are there things that could be done using diet as well? Like, would you send someone to a dietitian to talk about their osteoporosis? Well, for sure, because there are some patients that are not able to, for example, get enough calcium from their diet. So for example, patients who have lactose intolerance would not be able to take the dairy products that are rich in calcium. And so that would be appropriate for a patient to be referred to a dietitian to talk about the other food products that they could use in their diet in order to have an intake of calcium of 1200 milligrams per day. And if at that point, the dietitian felt that, you know, there's just not enough foods that in which they can do it through diet alone, and then a supplement could certainly be added. But certainly there are ways in which dietitians play a useful role in helping patients to know what are those foods that I could be taking more of on a regular basis to reach the targeted recommendation for calcium intake. Now, vitamin D is a little different because vitamin D, we derive mainly from sun. And so supplementation is really the, the standard, but also a dietitian can explain to a patient because there are some uh, things that are fortified with vitamin D that they may want to use as well. And this leads me kind of into my next question, because it seems like there's a lot to manage with trying to prevent falls. If you have someone who's living alone and maybe doesn't have a support system, are there things that you have to consider differently with their care? Well, absolutely. We do have home care services that we would tap into that could certainly, for example, we could ask for a physiotherapy assessment to offer the patient 
who's homebound the necessary exercise program and monitoring one-to-one to help improve their balance, to help improve their strength. Or another way to think of it is to prevent the decline of their mobility by doing things that exercises that they could readily available do at home with the support of that person and on their own once they're trained to know what they need to do. The other thing that we have through home services would be the occupational therapist, again, who could come to their home to do a home safety evaluation, as I've previously mentioned, to make interventions that would make it safer in the home to prevent faults, and such simple alterations can make a huge difference. They can also advise them on their footwear because sometimes patients don't always wear the right footwear and that can affect their mobility and their ability to ambulate properly. So we can certainly get home supports in those areas. And that leads me into my last question for you because I think that you've given us so much great information, but I know there's so many misconceptions that people with osteoporosis might have about things that they can do to manage a fracture or to prevent a fracture. So of the things that we haven't discussed today, are there any misconceptions that you'd like to try and reduce? Well, I think what's important, because I see this so much in practice, is that when a patient fractures and has a major osteoporotic fracture, they really need to go on treatment because treatment works in preventing future fractures. And I think that is where we need to help patients understand that there are medications to help prevent and lessen the risk of fractures. Because major fractures, such as hip fractures, vertebral fractures, they can also lead to death. In certain circumstances, they have a high risk of death. So we need to get the message out there that fractures can be prevented, that we have excellent medications that are available for patients who have fractured and that we can also prevent fractures by lessening the risk of falls. And we do have interventions to help with that. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show today to share this information. It's been really, really interesting. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm Krista Lamb, and you've been listening to Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada. Today, I've been speaking with Dr. Deborah Butt about the fear of breaking a bone and the issues with fractures. If you'd like more information on osteoporosis, visit our website at osteoporosis.ca. If you have questions or comments about this topic or about our podcast, reach out to us on our website or via social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Enjoying the show? Hit subscribe in the podcast provider of your choice. Thanks for listening. Thank you.